don't let the ghosts and the ghouls disturb you, darling. What is up, you young degenerates and savages? Raj Gilardi, back in your life with another episode of The Call to Violence. Give it up one more time for my buddy, my buddy Zach, Zach Attack, bringing the sick beats pretty much every day now on his Instagram. Um, I believe it is Koji.Kush, Koji Kush. Let me just double check that, make sure. Oh, no, it is uh, just Koji Kush, so K-O-J-I-K-U-S-H. Find him on Instagram. He's always um, uploading beats now. If you need a beat for a project um, or whatever you're doing, a TikTok video, I don't know what the fuck kids are doing. But if you need a beat, a sick beat at all, hit my boy up and he's got you. Let, let, let's just listen to that one more time. One more time, guys. Let, let me just give it to that. Ready? Uh. What? Uh. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Zach, if you ever uh, need someone to do stupid ad libs in the back, like they're a fucking hype man, let me know. I am your motherfucking guy. Uh, anyways, guys, let's get right into the fucking thick of things as we usually do. Um, over the weekend, we j- it was kind of a light weekend. Um, we had UFC, but we also had Glory Kickboxing, which we will get into, and then we'll kind of just get into some news today. There is no fights this weekend um, unless you got something on the regional scene. So get kind of a break before um, before the end of the month. Um, though towards the end of the month, it gets a little bit more stacked between uh, Bellator and UFC. So let's uh, let's just get right into uh, Darren Till and uh, Derek Brunson. Um, dude, I don't know about you guys, but I love these afternoon cards. I love waking up in the morning and there's fights on. Um, I even used to like it when they did a couple of those Korean cards and it was like started at five in the morning. I'm a super hardcore and, you know, I'm kind of already used to doing that from having to uh, stay up super late or wake up super early for those, uh, the Japanese like New Year's Eve cards and shit like that or uh, staying up um, for the Risen cards and shit like that. So I always love, uh, you know, like before I go to work on Saturday that I can get a whole fight card in. And, um, you know, I was actually planning to do kind of like a, like a live, not like a fight companion, because I got no one to uh, to watch it with me right now, because I'm a fucking loser and a degenerate, um, and I guess a loner too. But uh, I was thinking of thinking of doing like a live podcast type thing, or at least like a, not a live podcast, but like a uh, live reaction to me um, watching the main event, which would would have been fun. But uh, had some, um, I ended up having to watch Naveen, my son. Um, cause there's an issue with my baby mama, but, um, neither here or there. It's a good idea. Hopefully they do one of those Abu Dhabi cards in the early afternoon and maybe we can do it then. Uh, maybe I get some more heads on the show and it'll be a little fun, a little bit more banter and shit, but let's get right into it. I want to start at the bottom of the card. Is there anything on the prelims I want to go over? Um, that Julian Arosa, Charles, uh, Jordanian, uh, or Jordan, uh, fight was pretty good. Um, Julian Arosa rebounding after getting knocked out in the first round by that Korean dude in his last fight comes back with a late, um, submission win here. He's really got to tighten up his defense. That dude gets hit a lot, but that was a lot of fun. I think I missed the next two fight card or next two fights. Cause I had my little guy, 
Um, onto the main card, we had Patty Pimblett taking on uh, my Italian brother-in Luigi Valderamani, uh, Mini, Ven, Ven, Duramini, Venduramini. There we go. Uh, I know all the hypes around Patty, but I was really hoping my Italian dude. Italians don't get enough love in MMA. Um, we got some really bad examples. Uh, I mean, I love Marvin Vittori, but he doesn't really like. Uh, I mean, he trains in fucking. Uh, he trains in Southern California. Definitely not. I mean, he's a Northern Italian too. Listen, listen. Italians are very regional, right? If you go back to the old country, Southerners. I'm a Southern Italian. I'm Sicilian and Calabres. We don't really consider anybody north of Calabria um, to be Italian, and it's the same thing up there. They don't consider anything, you know, um, far south. Uh, they don't consider them Italian. And then on my Indian side too, uh, I'm Punjabi, so I'm North Indian, and we don't like Southerners, and the Southerners don't like the Northerners. And if you think that's racist, go talk to any Indian person. It's just part of the culture, all right? Don't hate the player, hate the game. Anyways, I was rooting for my boy. He was looking good early, but then Patty Pimblett, Patty Pimblett just said fuck it and um, went off at the end of that round and just fucking put on. It was like a hurricane coming through. It was like uh, Patty was that hurricane coming through uh, New Orleans in the South, and Luigi was all those poor uh, people from Louisiana just getting rained on. Uh, but yeah, you know, obviously he's, uh, you know, he's pretty experienced. He's got 20 fights under him. I think he's, how old is this kid? How old is this motherfucking kid? God damn it. I don't know. I think he's like in his like mid twenties. So he's still got, I mean, obviously he's still got a lot of room to grow. Looked good. Um, obviously has like some glaring weaknesses. So as long and, and at lightweight, you know, it's like that, that's a packed division. Um, and with how deep it is, he should be able to get these kind of fights and kind of develop a little bit more um, before throwing them to the Wolves. Um, I think the UFC has learned their lesson, um, as we've seen in the dude in the main event with Darren Till, what happens when you push a guy a little bit too soon. Um, as you can tell, when you st- when you get pushed to a certain level and when you start selling, when you when they kind of give you that rub that early on, on it's hard to go back, and that's what you see with Till. That guy got such a hard push in the beginning. You know, you, he's now getting paid and fighting at a level that he really can't go back and develop the way he should have. Um, that's just not how the business works. And yeah, you may be able to be, you may be able to get like better matchups in some regards, but overall, like you're going to be fighting the guys at, at, at a high level, and. Um, you know, that's kind of what O'Malley's talking about, right? Like, that's why he's saying he's not going to fight these guys for the same money. He's not going to fight the upper echelon guys for the for the money he's getting paid now. He's going to wait until um, his skills match um, what he's getting paid. Or, that's nah, not a good way to put it. He's not going to take the higher echelon guys till he knows he's ready and he's getting paid uh, to do so. Um but he's doing all the things too while he's at it. You know, he's kind of you know calling out all the right people, even though he's not really taking that those fights. So um, I don't really hold that shit against him. But uh, I, I again, I you, you know UFC kind of had it for a minute where the guys that were getting the rub were you know making the waves. You had guys like Connor. Um, you had guys like Cody Garbrandt who were, were were like that and ended up you know winning the big ones. And so they kind of push Till into the same boat, and you know it, it, that's either sink or swim. And unfortunately for Till, he's been he's been sinking, um, and that kind of happened here today. But 
Um, again, rounding back out to Patty, as long as they can keep him on this trajectory, they have plenty of guys at lightweight that he can work his way up to. Um, I definitely feel like with him, it's the slow build. There's no rush here. Um, dude, especially with, with, uh, with how everything's going, um, socially and with the pandemic, you don't really want to push that guy too far until you can really get him back in his backyard. So until then, doing these kind of fights is going to work for him. I think that works for everybody. It works for him. It works for the UFC. Um, and it's in everybody's best interest. He looked really good, though. Uh, I mean, obviously, like, he had some defensive issues first. Um, but then again, when, man, when he's ready to pull that trigger, he puts it on. Um, that is a fighter's fighter right there. Um, so good shit from him. Next up at light heavyweight, you had Clear Roundtree Jr., knocking out uh bukakis on the second round and let's talk about this one for a minute um obviously a lot of debate with the uh, oblique kicks to the knee um and if they should be legal or not um you know it's something i go back and forth on because um i understand the sentiment that like if we can kick people in the head and give them brain trauma you know a torn acl is not as bad as your longevity with your your brain function but Man, I, I, I understand that notion, but then I also um, I also don't know if I agree. Um, like I get it, but I, I don't think I agree. I, I think I'm I'm going on the I think I'm leaning on the side of they should be illegal, and that's just because of the, the instances like um, here with this fight. Um, I don't think anybody really wants to win that way, and I and I don't think anybody you know. Yes, your long-term brain, uh, like long-term, the brain injuries are uh, more severe. But when you're looking at it from a, and I know this is a real shitty way to put this, but when you're looking at it from a suspension point of view, you know, an ACL tear, you may never be the same again. Um, or any sort of ligament damage in the knee, like you, you have your rehab, you may have to have surgery, you're on the shelf. And again, I know this is a terrible way to put this, but you know, with a concussion, what you're out 45 days, 60 days, no contact, and then you're right back in the thick of things. And I and I know that's not the best way to put it, but at least these guys can go back out there and make money. Where you know, it's more expensive for them to have all these surgeries, have all the rehab, have to do you know all the recovery stuff, be out that long, and then to get back into it. I just I just feel like those kicks aren't fair um, in that regard. Um, and, and I just don't feel like it's good for the fans either. Like, you know, did, was anybody super excited for Khalil after he did that? No, actually probably hurt him a little bit, you know, with, uh, people calling him a jackass and shit. So I, I just don't think those kicks do anybody any favors. Um, you know, it's kind of funny cause it's like, oh, people aren't bitching about that, but we still can't have, uh, or people are bitching about that, but we still can't have knees to a grounded opponent. And like I get, I get, you know, I've heard Big John's thing on that, and so like I get why we can't do that, but still, it's like, ah, like yeah, is this a, is this an all or nothing sport? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we're like ninety percent there. It used to be an all or nothing sport, but you know, we've kind of had to regulate it, obviously, to get mainstream um, notoriety, and that's where we're at today. But it's like, man, like uh, again, you know, was anybody again was, was anybody jumping up and down, screaming at the TV how amazing that kick to the knee was? No. You just end up feeling bad for Bukakis, and then you end up having hard feelings for Roundtree because of what he did to him. And it's like, should Roundtree be in that in that position? No, because he did what was within the rule set. You can't like Bukakis is is the man. You really gotta 
pat that guy on the back for not going after Roundtree and, and calling it fair game and stuff because Roundtree didn't do anything wrong. He played within the played within the rules. You know, again, don't hate the player, hate the game. Um, so you know, it's just I don't know. It's just to me, it's a shitty way to win. And you know, with how long a dude can be on the shelf for, it's just it's just unfortunate. So I think we got to change the rule on that just a little bit. Um, next up, we got Alex Morano uh taken on Zawada um and Moreno kind of took this fight on short notice that's now um 2 and 0 I believe um is he on a two fight winning streak now or is it more let's see yeah he knocked out Cerrone a couple months ago um damn was that that long ago no way this has got to be no way no way that was in May hold on one second guys that had to be yeah okay okay that's right so um this page that i was on still had uh the main event being sant hagen at dillashaw but that was may 8th when it was um when waterson uh ended up being the main event and i was like dude there's i feel like i just watched that that sant hagen dillashaw i feel like that was just a like not even a month ago um so i was freaking out i was like has that much time gone by but that's right they uh that's when dillashaw got cut and they had to move it so um, that was back in May, but yeah, so, uh, Alex Murano, 2-0 now, looking good, and dude, he's one of these guys, you know, early, um, you know, on the wrong end of a lot of decisions, had to really build his way up, and then, um, you know, has a tough fight with Pettis, but now is on a two-fight winning streak, and getting a lot of, uh, momentum under his, uh, under his belt, so, good things from him, uh, next up, we had Tom Aspinall taking on Sergey Spivak, and dude, Tom Aspinall at for heavyweight on the British side of things. This is this is the kind of stuff you want to see from a heavyweight. Big guy, big power, super fast, super light on his feet. Not a prodding heavyweight. Not a not not a you know. It's um kind of that like uh, that new aged heavyweight where you know he has the size, but he also has the speed, and he's light on his feet. Um, you know. For those of us who were were around for the Brock era of heavyweights, um, you know Brock Lesnar um, kind of uh, for a while set this standard before Kane came around. Before he got knocked out by Kane, um, everybody was trying to get big. Um, if you go back, uh, I mean, like dude, all the big heavyweights at the time, uh, it was Brock. Frank, after losing that second fight, went and got on all kinds of stuff. I'm not saying he was juicing, but come on, guys. Um, but, you know, ended up gaining like 15, 20 pounds of muscle and thought that's what he needed to do to win. Uh, that was the Carwin era. Was just all those guys at that time were all these big monsters because that's what was selling and that's what was winning. So everyone kind of followed suit. But then once Kane became the champ, everyone kind of had to do the opposite and then they had to slim down to kind of keep up with the pace and the speed of of these lighter heavyweights like Junior Dos Santos, Kane Velasquez, and and you know kind of that breed and since then that's kind of spawned these kind of lighter um faster heavyweights that have kind of been dominating um and tom kind of fits that perfectly um you know hopefully we see him hopefully you know he kind of said he kind of wants to stay on this level and just kind of work his way up and that's exactly like like patty pimblett that's what he needs to do he needs to keep having fights like these um i mean th- this was a flawless performance perform- performance uh performance uh, performance uh, from Tommy 
Um, you know, a knockout, what, two minutes? Yeah, two and a half minutes into the first round. I don't even think he took a punch and just pummeled uh, Sergey into the fucking into the ground. So great fight. He's probably going to rebound pretty quick and take another fight here. Um, you know, let's just pull up the rankings real quick. UFC rankings. Probably already should have had this up. Uh, but let's see. Um, while I look this up, I am going to take a quick little water break. Today it's no crisp, refreshing aha. Oh, man, I sealed this up pretty good. It is like day-old tropical iced tea that's been sitting in my uh, water bottle. Man, it's still cold. I love these like hydro flask water bottles that just keep everything cold forever. Um, anyways, stop my jibber jabbering. Where is heavyweight? Heavyweight, heavyweight. All right, he's 13, so you got, um, Blagoy Ivanov. Ooh, that would be a good fight. I think Walt Harris is tied up with, who is Walt Harris tied up with? I think he's tied up with, um, oh, God, what's his name? Oh my God, this is going to kill me. Shoey boy. Oh, bam, bam, Tuivasa. There we go. And why is Tuivasa? Oh man, Tuivasa is not even. Uh, man, Tuivasa is not even ranked. Wow, surprising. Because I think he's on a little bit of a winning streak here. Well, I don't know what's going on there, but um. Ooh, actually, you know what? That would be kind of a good fight. Aspinall, Tuivasa. If they're not, uh, if. I don't like that Walt Harris fight. Walt Harris and, and Tuivasa, I don't like that fight. I hate when they put guys on opposite ends of the momentum swing. Walt Harris is, I think, like 0-3, all losses by finish. And then Tuivasa's finally rebounded, and he's you know on a good win streak. And then you put these guys together, and it's definitely like, I think Walt, I think, maybe has a little bit more of a name, I guess, right now. That's why they're matching that up, and... It's just another name for Tuivasa to put on his on his rap sheet. I don't fucking know, but um, Aspinall Harris is good. Aspinall Ivanov uh, is good. Aspinall uh, Tuivasa is good. Um, Aspinall Sakai is good. Ivanov Tiber. I mean, uh, Aspinall fits in with any of these guys really well. Uh, I think he kind of wants to stay on the lower end of uh, the top ten. Um, so yeah, Dukakis, Harris, Ivanov, Sakai, any of those guys would be, be a good fight next. Um, now, okay. And let's, that, that takes us to our, the main event. And then I really want to get into this one and, and kind of break down every, which angle about it. Um, sorry if I get kind of sporadic and jumpy, I've had like four cups of espresso, got to run into work after this. So I'm a little bit jumpy. Anyways, let's break this down. Derek Brunson defeats Darren Till, submission rear naked choke, two minutes into round three. And what can I say, guys? To me, this, um, I mean, going into this, it was obviously a, a style versus style match. It was that kind of, it's that new age um, style versus style where everybody, like, both guys can do everything but have such strong advantages in certain areas. Um, you know, back in the day, it was like, if it was, you know, it was style versus style, but it was they only had grappling and the other guy only had striking or the other guy only had wrestling and the guy, other guy only had BJ, you know, and so on. 
And this was really like a, a 2020 version of that, which is where they can do everything but are just – they have such advantages in one area. And for Brunson, it's the wrestling. And for Till, it's the obviously the striking. And so that's why I was really interested in this fight going in and especially because it's, it was going to be a great indicator of where, every, where these guys are at. Not just stakes-wise, but where their game is at. You know, does Brunson have uh, the striking defense and the, and the conditioning and the wherewithal to kind of get past those hurdles where he was getting, you know, beaten up when he couldn't get the takedown, like when he goes up against Whitaker, Adesanya, and those guys? And would Till be able to finally make that leap because he's been kind of inconsistent as of late since losing to T-Wood and... Um, Kind of in that same boat as his last win, which was over Kevin Kevin Gasolum, where both of these guys now are kind of in this kind of purgatory area where do they need to go back down to 170? Do they just need to round out their skills? You know, what what is going to be the recipe for success for them now losing a majority of their last few fights? Um, and so that's why I was really excited for this. And guys... Um, these are this is what makes MMA these are the kind of fights that makes MMA so exciting to me you saw everything in this fight you saw you saw great stand-up momentum swings you saw momentum swings on the ground um you saw the best of both guys um in their respective advantages on the feet and on the ground and you saw the fight go everywhere and you know a lot of times when guys um um you know when you see strikers versus grapplers you tend you tend to to you tend to favor or you tend to cheer for the striker more because when the when the grappler gets the takedown it's kind of like a like like the momentum stops it's you know you see all this crazy stuff on the feet because the guy the guy who has the striking is kind of teeing off on the guy who's at the disadvantage there so then when the when the grappler finally gets the takedown the the action kind of comes to a lull and so you end up you know even though you might be you might like the grappler more during the fight you can find yourself kind of rooting for the striker just because that's where all the excitement's coming from um that's where all the drama and the anticipation and everything is, is coming and then once the grappler gets the takedown or gets on top it's just kind of like kind of like a lay and pray thing almost but not Derek brunson not not this new Derek Brunson. This new Derek Brunson has brought back old school ground and pound. He's brought back that I'm going to get into your half guard. I'm going to posture up with elbows and big punches. And I love that. I absolutely love that. Ground and pound has been such a lost art in the last five to six years. Guys have really learned just to get position over damage. And they've learned that like in, in – it's not even so much that. It's more of guys on the bottom have gotten really good with hand fighting and tying guys up on top to kind of lull damage and lull the momentum while they're on the ground. Um, but but Derek Brunson has really turned a corner in these last few fights with his chain wrestling and his ground and pound, and I fucking love it. I'm going to be completely honest, guys. When everyone was first getting on Derek Brunson's hype train when he was knocking everyone out, with this stupid, wild, untechnical chin in the air striking, I hated it. I, I I did not get behind it. I actually didn't really like him. I didn't really like. I didn't like his attitude coming in. I didn't like his fighting style. And a lot of you are probably like, well, what's not to like? Raj, he's going out there making exciting. I don't find wild, crazy exchanges with your chin up in the air fun because it's a means to an end. 
Um, yeah, it may have gotten him by in those in those first couple fights, but then what happened when he fought somebody that you know could um, could withstand that and then give it to the arrow, give it back to him? He ends up getting knocked out, right? And that's what you saw. Uh, give me one moment, guys. I'm talking too fast here, and it's drying out my mouth. I mean, you saw that with Jacare, and you saw that with Whitaker. And he needed those fights to let him know, like, hey, you know, that style of just kind of reckless abandonment may work um, against the lower echelon guys. But when you, if you want to, if you want to level up and you want to, you know, be considered one of the best ever, you gotta, you you can't fight like that. Um, and so this new, this new Derek Brunson, um, I'm a fan, man. I love ground and pound. Ground and pound. When I first started watching this. Uh, guys who had really good ground and pound were like my favorite guys to watch. Um, yeah, I just um, and so I, I'm lo I'm loving when guys can posture up and just really do damage. Um, I love it. I love it. Um, so I'm really excited to see where Derek Brunson goes from here. And he had to go through he had to go through a lot of adversity here, uh, or not a lot, but he he had to get through a lot of adversity. Um, you know, he came out after and said this was one of the worst camps that he's had with the cartilage damage in his ribs. So obviously, he's probably had some conditioning issues, probably couldn't use his trunk movement as much. He still had a lot of um, defensive issues coming in, obviously, with the stand-up. Like, he kind of leaves his chin up. And he kind of overextends um, with his rear hand and defensively just has some issues. He kind of... I call it uh, lingering, um, like after he throws a combination or after he throws a punch, he kind of lingers um, in the red zone, which is what I like to call it, where you can get countered, but I think Till was so worried about the um, the takedown that he, you know, he really wasn't in position to counter, uh, but then on the flip side, you know, Darren, Darren probably has the best 3-2, uh, um, maybe in, I don't want to say in all in MMA, but at least in middleweight and welterweight. Um, George Masvidal has a pretty good one too, but I think Till Till's I think is a little bit more accurate. Um, you know, he kind of uses the lead the lead. Oh, he's a southpaw, so yeah, he uses his lead right hand to kind of pull down the the lead hand. Um, I'm trying to think because usually it's yeah. So he oh man, are they both southpaws? So were they on opposite stance? Man, I can't remember. Uh, here, give me one second, guys. This is gonna bug me. Uh, oh, did I stop the recording? No, we're still going. Um, I can't remember. Anyways, I don't want to get into it too much. But, um, you know, he uses that, uh, depending on which stance you're at, you're either using your lead hand to pull their lead hand or pull their rear hand, depending on if it's same hand forward or not. But anyways, he uses that to pull the hand down, and then he comes over with his rear hand. And um, uh, he does it so fast, and he does it. See, what makes his different is not only does he do it with his hands, but he does it with his feet. The way he can pop in and do it all in one motion, it makes it really hard to time and really hard to guess. And when you're mixing other things in with it, um, you know it's it's a very simple combination, but super deadly. It's like getting bit by a snake. Um, and he's really good with it. And he hurt Derek Brunson a lot um, with that in in all three rounds. But Derek Brunson just with that chain wrestling just said "fuck you." And once he felt that he had the advantage there, like it, you know, that's uh, puts a lot of confidence in your boat. Uh, that was a really fucking stupid analogy. Oh my god, I can't believe I just said that. But um, yeah, um, you know, um, I'm trying to think what else I want to get into. You know, 
to when uh, when Derek got that last takedown until um, that last sequence. Let, let's just break down that last sequence. So Darren Till kind of, I feel like, you know, that eye was swelling. He was getting beaten up, and I think he was getting a little bit winded. And I, I think Darren Till kind of went all for nothing uh, right before he, Derek got that last takedown. And I think that was that and that, that last-minute um, sweep that he tried hitting before getting mounted. I think that was like all or nothing for Till. And you could tell once, um, you know, he really wasn't keeping the posture. He wasn't holding the posture very well. And it, it kind of looked like he let it go. And then once he gave up his back, I'm not saying he quit. I, I'm not I'm not one to – I'm not – and even if he did, I'm not even one to call him a bitch or anything like that, man. Dude, you're, you're in a fight, and if you want out, you want out. But it did kind of look a little bit suspect when uh, um, Brunson got in that choke and, and Till was tapping before it was even all the way in. Um, I think he wanted a way out and he didn't want to get pounded on anymore. So, you know, this happens a lot. Um, for those of you who have never, um, done any sort of grappling with striking when you're getting beaten on and you don't want it anymore. Um, it's very easy to give up your neck and just call it a day. Um, for whatever reason, we're, for whatever reason, it's a lot easier to go out with a submission than it is the, than it is the strikes. I don't know what it is about fighters and that, but, uh, you give up that neck and it, it's an easy way out. And, you know, I'm not saying Till was looking for a way out, but Brunson's hand was on top of his head, was on top of Till's head. So if, if Till really wanted to to break it down or, to you know, to pull it down like, or to, to break, to, at least to, just to attempt before Derek went palm to palm like he could have, but he was tapping before that thing even was fully secured, so... I think he had enough, and um, dude, Derek has really powerful ground and pound again. So I'm not holding it against Till for wanting to get out of there. Um, let's talk about Till first, and then we'll 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 jump back to Derek again. I think Till obviously got pushed up so far that he never really got a chance to really round out his skills. I think he was he's always between injuries and whatnot, and and having to fight at this level. I think he's always been playing catch up. Um, and I don't really think he's had a chance to really round out his style and his skills. I think every time he fights now, it's always like, I got to prepare for this kind of style and not really working on his own game. And I think that's really where he's had a detriment, um, to him. And so I just, I don't know where he goes from here. I don't know if he goes back down to 170. I don't know if he gets a, a lower end 185 or but he's got a lot of shit to figure out. He's still young in this game, and he could still round this out and have a great career. But right now, he's in the same spot that Kelvin Gastelum is, and it's in a it's it's a, in a real soul searching kind of spot to see where he fits in this game. Um, whether it's at 170, 185, and what level, he's got a lot of shit to figure out. Um, on the flip side, Derek Brunson, um, you know. He's up there for a title shot, but I think we all know he's definitely still a fighter two away. I know he's calling for it, but let's be honest. The only way he's getting a title shot is if um, shit with Whitaker falls through, shit with Cannoneer falls through, and then Brunson's literally the third option. Um, I say this because Adesanya wiped the floor with him. I know Derek was saying that... um, um, you know, that was a bad camp and he almost didn't make weight and all this, but, um, and that's, and that was a di- different Derek Brunson. But when you get 
when you get dealt with like the way he did in that first fight, it, it's hard to promote a rematch like that when there's other viable contenders that are more deserving of that fight. So I think, and, and especially with who Derek has done this against. So um, it started off with Shabazian, who's what, like 22 years old. And that was kind of like a, a sink or swim fight for Shabazian. And Derek kind of used his, his veteran, um, his veteran status and his veteran um, experience to get him through that fight. And he knew where he had the advantages. Same thing with Holland, kind of a young kid, sink or swim type fight. And again, with Till, who's kind of been unproven at 185 and, and really in this game, still kind of like trying to show who he really is. So that's three fights now against guys who are kind of still a little bit unproven, have good wins and kind of have a, um, you know, a, 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 like a hype backing. But none of the real um, uh, longevity in the game at a high level with notable wins. And so now I think it's time for Brunson to either get one of those wins back that he had a loss to. Let me just see real quick. Um, you know, Whitaker's tied up, obviously. Like, he's getting that rematch no matter what. But um, if he could get a, a rematch against, like, a, a, a Whitaker... Um, Souza's retired, so we can't get that one back. Anderson's out of the way. Romero does, is not in the game anymore. So, you know, unless he could get a win over, like, let's just say weird things happened and they didn't go Whitaker Adesanya route and Whitaker was available, I don't think Whitaker would take another fight. But I think for Brunson's sake, is all I'm saying is he needs another fight like that to get over. Because a guy who has better takedown defense than Till, like a Whitaker, like a Cannoneer, um, you know, or if they want to do Cannoneer versus Brunson for the number one contender after Whitaker, I would be down for that too. Um, because those guys have um, proven takedown defense. And when they, when guys can't get takedowns against them, those guys put a hurting on their opponents. So after, you know, if, if Brunson could get a win over Cannoneer or over Whitaker, um, then it's then, then then there's I have no problem. Uh, it's an easy sell to get a to get a rematch. Um, but again, in that first Adesanya fight, um, and and Brunson wrestles a, a little bit differently now. Um, just Adesanya's leverage, just he couldn't get under him, and he kept going for high um, high clinches, um, like high body clinches on Adesanya. And when you're dealing with a guy that tall and that can have that kind of leverage on you, it, it, it never really works out. So um, I just don't think that was uh, that. It, it's just a hard selling point right now. But back onto the fight, um, you know, it was it was a great fight. Both guys didn't come in 100%. Um, you know, nobody ever does. But both guys had, had some uh, pretty severe injuries coming in with Till with the ACL and then um, Brunson with the, uh, with the rib injury. So, you know, it kind of evens out. With that kind of stuff, though, in ACL, man, it is so – I couldn't think of anything harder to do than to, to do anti-wrestling with a torn ACL. That's just – those are just levels that you just can't come back from. So credit to Till to you know stick through it and to do the best that he can. And he still had great moments into the fight, but you know ultimately Brunson got it done and in pretty vicious fashion. Um, again, there's nothing going on this weekend on the MMA side, but there is the Triller Circus event with uh, Now Evander Holyfield, Vitor Belfort, Tito Ortiz, Anderson Silva. 
And then you got a uh, you know a kind of British heavyweight legend in David Hay, who's totally fighting under the radar with this, but that's probably because of who he is fighting. Um, obviously, a fucking as the old head would say, a tomato can, a good old tomato can. But um, fuck, man, where do we even start with this? This is nuts. Okay, so the funny thing is, is you got you have a boxing card that is majority MMA fighters with them in the spotlight. They sold us on the fact that uh, De La Hoya and Vitor were supposed to be it was supposed to be a professional boxing match. And that this, when Evander uh, filled in, that it was still supposed to be a professional boxing match. It is now an exhibition. So I don't even know if there's really going to be a clear winner. But I don't even know if that really matters. Because Evander Holyfield is pushing 60. How the fuck did he get licensed for this fight? I mean, I know everyone's making a big deal about uh, his mitt work. But, dude, you don't even need to watch him hit mitts. Listen to him speak. That dude has been through the ringer. His, his head is not there anymore. Uh, give me one second, guys. Sorry, my deviated septum is acting the fuck up. And I'm sorry that I sound so nasally. Anyways, um, it's just, I, 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 this might be the last trailer event, guys. I know they're trying to sue Mike Tyson uh, for shit from their, that Roy Jones thing. But, dude, th- this event does nothing for boxing. Everyone's big thing going into this was like, this is great for boxing. This this helps promote boxing. No, it does not. The boxers that are on this card aren't even getting any light. Okay, this isn't gonna like. Okay, last night was the Oscar Valdez fight. Did that bring any more eyes to that? No. Is it gonna bring eyes to the the future heavyweight fights coming up? No. This is a niche market that only draws casuals. That and these promoters are just relying on name value. They're not even relying on skill. And then in the co-main event, you got freaking Tito Ortiz missing weight uh, by five pounds, which I think we all kind of knew for how short he took the fight. And I don't. I mean, I don't even think he's made anything under two hundred five in the last like fifteen years. So I don't know what people were expecting there. I don't really get the animosity between Anderson and Tito either. I think it's just built-in animosity to help promote this fucking fight. Um, you know, in MMA, I, I would be a little bit more interested. Um, I know everyone is picking Anderson to win, and it's kind of hard not to with what he just did against Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., who is obviously not the best boxer, but, you know, a solidified and a vet. And, you know, he got the decision there. The only thing is... is um, the only thing that's kind of got me a little bit, little bit uh, on, on Tito's side of the fence is that like he likes to push forward, and you know that that that's either gonna play right into Anderson or that might fuck Anderson up. I don't know. Um, Tito's boxing has gotten a lot better as of late with working with Perillo, and maybe I'm just you know um, living in La La Land with Tito stuff. I'm definitely rooting for Anderson. I mean, you guys know how I feel about Anderson, but I don't know. It's weird. They're both in their 40s. They've both seen their better days. They're both way past their prime. So I don't know what the fuck's going to happen. But um, I'm just going to call all you guys out right now. If anybody, whoever pays for this, uh, what's a, what, what should I say? What should I say? Um, whoever pays for this event deserves to get a hand job with razor blades and hand sanitizer. That's how I feel. And that's where I'm going to leave this shit. Uh... Until next time, guys, I will do a 
I don't even know if I'll do a recap, but I'll, I'm, um, I'm kind of revamping this whole show. I want to get more organized. I, I feel like this whole, I feel like my whole like recap preview news, recap preview news is like redundant, and that's what everyone's doing. So I'm trying to figure out stuff to make this fun for myself and for everyone else, even though I know nobody listens. So um, catch me on the flip side, guys.